Um, welcome to Elmo's Rug Podcast. This is Elmo Ador Jr. and I ha- am with my friend, uh, new friend, John Funk. He is uh, he he has a I think a podcast also a- a- called Atheist Incorporated. Um, can you talk about tell us about yourself, man? Yeah, so my name is John Funk, and I have a YouTube channel called Atheist Incorporated. Uh, I am an atheist. It seems. Uh, clear to me that atheism is the correct position, but I like to talk with various different uh, worldviews. For example, recently on my program, I had a physicist named Minaz Kafatos come on and talk about why he believes that the universe is a conscious agent. Uh, and I, I'm, I like to take in worldviews other than atheism because I think that one of the mistakes that a religious person can make is that they only They only partake in one worldview, and I think that 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 can be a mistake. So I like to talk about various different issues on my channel and have debates and things like that. So yeah, Atheist Incorporated on YouTube. Wow, that is really uh, interesting. Okay, Ben, uh, because I'm trying to get to know you more, um, I, I would assume that because it's called Atheist Incorporated, you are also an atheist, I guess. That is right. Okay, can you uh, elaborate the reasons as to why you have possibly a, uh, an absence of belief in God? Or Yes, that okay. is a good way of uh, phrasing that. I, I'm someone that wanted to be a Christian. When I was younger, my mother was a Christian, and I, I tried to believe. I tried to believe. I went to church many times. I even gave my life to Jesus. Uh, at church, it was a big deal and everything. Everyone lined up and hugged me. But there was something in my mind that thought it was all absurd and that it wasn't really true. And I tried like hell to believe it, uh, surrounding myself with other believers and whatnot. But I didn't really believe it. And when I finally reconciled that with myself, I investigated by reading and whatnot. And it came clear from what I from what I can see that... Um, all of the human religions are false. So I'm someone who never believed, that wanted to believe, uh, and I'm still an atheist. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, then when it comes to um, evidence, I would want you to, uh, I- evidence in terms of God's existence, what would qualify as uh, evidence for you? I'm not really sure what that would be like. Um course if there is a god that has my my best interest in mind he could always just appear to me and make it clear to me that that he exists but uh you know that's a question that comes up a lot and i other than god simply appearing to me then i'm not sure what that evidence would look like unless it were some kind of discovery in physics or something that really was in the direction of a creator i what what would be evidence for me that that would help me to believe in God and my response is, is to that is that other than if he presented himself to me which it seems like that's what would happen if he were really there it seems strange to me that this is all kind of like a mystery and I'm supposed to try to figure out 
if a man lived that was God or not, and somehow that's the most important truth in the universe, that seems absurd to me. Um, but I, if science made a discovery that, that suggested that there was a creator involved in the system of things, then then that would be fine, but I don't know what that would consist of, so I, I'm not really sure. Okay. So in that sense, you would also uh, agree to be an agnostic atheist? Yeah. Okay. So and in the sense that um, you can never have an, uh, an absolute claim that God exists or God doesn't exist, I guess we would have to um, go ahead with, for example... Uh, using induction or, or other uh, ways we can rationalize whether God or doesn't or does exist. So in, in this case, though, yeah, um, what do you think of transcendental arguments for God? Well, I don't think that there are any good arguments for God. Uh, when we talk about God, I'm fairly certain that all of the known gods are false. I think that history in science and uh, critical philosophical analysis makes that quite clear, but I think that maybe there is a, a God, a causal agent outside of space and time that humans don't detect. I think that that's plausible. I don't know if there is or not, so there, there very well may be a God. I think that it's impossible for us to know. Uh, when it comes to transcendental arguments, I don't think that there are any good ones. I think that what, what has happened here with science is that it's shown us that things are very counterintuitive, and it's shown us our place to some degree in the universe that the universe is unfathomably large and that life has been on Earth for an unfathomably long period of time. And it appears as though we're not really important in the universe. Uh, our ancestors thought that we were central to the importance of the universe, but I think that, sh that science shows us a different picture. Okay. In terms of science, I don't think science shows us anything. I think science is a method by which we use in order to arrive at uh, certain um, understandings of how the universe works. For example, if, as you said, that um, it appears as though the universe, for example, is, uh, is that we're alone and that there's nothing happening in this infinite span of, of space, um, to, to some, uh, it's purely subjective how you would interpret that in terms of, of, of being in an argument against God or an argument for God. For example, I could say that, oh, this universe is so infinite and it, it appears to be, as science suggests, that um, Earth could have been just a, a small seed uh, that could have, and God's plan could ultimately have that, the humanity could have populated the whole universe, you know? So it's purely subjective if you are trying to argue that uh, the universe appears this way to me. Well, if it appears this way to somebody else, it's, it's different every time. Well, I think that one thing that's great about science is that it, it can oftentimes give us an objective sense of truth. Uh, for example, two plus two is four. And if someone has a different interpretation of that, then they would simply be wrong. Well, two plus two uh, isn't it, science, though. It's mathematics. And si science and mathematics are extremely different things. Because uh, for, I, for, I, for one, believe that 
when using science, you use the empirical method, which is that you have sensory experiences and that is where you use your evidence. But in terms of mathematics, they are, um, I would say, I priori forms of knowledge. So uh, for example, uh, uh, classical philosophers always discuss that, with, for example, when you talk about one plus one, you can never really derive that ex uh, perfect idea of one plus one in the material world, right? I, 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 I assume you, always, you also understand this. Yeah, but I think this is a this is a bad argument that that and maybe this isn't the exact argument that you're going for here, but oftentimes uh, someone arguing for from a religious perspective would say that we can't really know anything, that everything is this subjective uh, kind of experience, and and because of that, science is basically discredited because of that. But I don't see. Well, I, just, how I, just, that I, goes. I disagree, though, that it's just religious. I, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but. When you say it's just religious, I would also have to include philosophers, skeptic philosophers, especially Hume or, or Russell. Uh, a lot of people who, who are not religious, who are atheists or agnostics and present simply a, an argument of skepticism, especially in terms of how science works. Well, let me ask you this then. If everything is subjective and there is no objective truth, well, I'm not saying that there is no objective truth, you know. So, but um, so the, well, I just want to let put me that ask there. you this question, rather, outside of your own personal experience, emotions, and thoughts, is mm -hmm. there anything that you can point as a believer to in the external world that supports your claim that that Christianity is valid? Okay, I could say that um, the universe has certain laws, and these certain laws laws follow the law of non-contradiction, law of identity, and other uh, laws of logic. And using logic, I could arrive at, well, I would have to use induction as well, right? And you would agree that um, in, 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 for example, in investigations of the FBI, we use, they use inductions to, to investigate and find the truth. And to me, we could also use induction in philosophy. And I, I, uh, some would say that um, uh, a lot of uh, inductional um, uh, arguments for, for, for induction are simply in our imagination. But what about what about evolution? It's also a, a conclusion from induction. The Big Bang is also a conclusion from the induction. And so we can use induction in a way as a tool to give us a logical understanding of of the universe itself, you know? So that's how I view it. Which inductive experience would which Explain this to me. If you were to induce that Christianity was valid, how would you go about that outside of your own personal experience? Give me an external induction that credits well, Christianity. Well, you present a really huge topic here, and I would um, suggest that we go down from the hierarchy of uh, first uh, believe in deism, then theism, then I would have to also uh, talk about Christianity. So I, I, if you could like uh, have a hierarchy there so we could establish a foundation for how I understand the, my beliefs. 
Sure, but in, in, in favor of science, I would say that, that science is the closest thing that we have to objective truth. Uh, and science and mathematics are very intimately related. And it seems to me that, that science disproves, basically, uh, for example, biblical claims and things that are the foundation of uh, Christian belief. For example, the Bible makes astrophysical claims that uh, through our study of modern astronomy seem to be impossible. And yeah, so they um, couldn't have yeah I, I would love to uh, talk about this, but um, I, I just uh, I, I said earlier that um, I would love to talk about first deism, then theism, then Christianity. If we could like tackle deism first, whether there there could be a God or not, then I would love to talk about Christianity after. I've conceded that fact at this point. I've stated that there there may be a God. I think that it's it seems to make a kind of intuitive sense that if there is something, then okay. Then so so you do agree with me that the ar- the, ar- the argument for induc- the arguments for induction for God are plausible. <laughs> it's okay. Just, sorry, I had a problem with my headphones there. No problem. Yeah. So you yeah, keep so, going. so are you are uh, so you do agree with me that there is a plausible. Uh, uh, argument that there could be a deistic God out there. I'm not sure if there's, well, I think that you could make that argument. I think that the argument fails when it comes to any of the known gods, but if we're specifically talking about a potential causal agent for this universe outside of what humans know, then I would say that that's that's a plausible argument. Okay, so you say you can say, you, so you uh, also so you can see that there could be a plausible god out there. Okay, then now that we've established that there is a deistic god out there, we have to define. I we think, haven't established that there's a deistic god. I think it's also possible that this universe is eternal and that there there was no need for a causal agent. I think that. When it comes down to this, that that humans are an evolved ape, and we just don't have a proper understanding of the universe. I think that this universe is an incredibly complex mechanism, and because of the vastness involved and the long times, uh, the long periods of time involved, that we're very, very limited in our knowledge and our understanding. And that there may not be need for a god. I, I just don't know on that on that issue. So so I would not establish that we've. I, I would not agree that we we've, we've established that there is a deistic god out there. I'm only saying that it's possible. Okay, but but in order for you to uh, say that it, there couldn't be a god out there, and you know when you say it's possible, then I want to uh, establish something that and understand your. Uh, why you think there couldn't be a god out there or there possibly not be a god out there so when you say that the universe could be eternal uh, are you uh, proposing like a logical argument that of infinite regress when i'm saying that it could be eternal i'm taking what i see to be the honest position uh the one that says that w- that we just don't have enough information and we don't have enough capability of understanding uh, to lead us to a firm conclusion on that matter. Of course, we have things like Big Bang cosmology that suggest perhaps there was a beginning of sorts, uh, but I think that it's just not possible for us to know. So I concede that that it's possible that there is a causal agent. I believe that it's extremely improbable, if not impossible, that 
the gods worshipped here on earth are real. But but I think that that maybe there is a causal agent. Mine is one of ignorance. My position is on this. I just okay. don't know. Okay. So in in, the, in this case, then um, I would uh, have to also understand your own worldview and what um, lo- what foundations or axioms you stand on. For example, um, what do you presuppose that the the causality? I think that that that's quite possible. I think that. Um... But in, in in your worldview, like, um, do you believe that that every effect has a cause? I think that in the material world, that 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 there is a kind of. It seems to me that determinism uh, may be correct. Now, I don't know if consciousness is strictly a material process or not. It seems reasonable to me that there may be something more to consciousness than strictly matter and arrangement of matter. But I am, I am proposing a position of ignorance about causality and determinism. I think that it's too complex for us to understand. Okay. So I'm open to either way. Okay. So you, so you, you can, you can see that, um, that, um, when I, for example, uh, ho- I drop my, my mug, it could be that I didn't cause it, that it just dropped by itself because it, uh, that it wasn't caused by me. I think that generally speaking, uh, laws of causality are, are right. Now, I don't know if it's to the extent that everything that's happening now was determined in the beginning. I don't know if causality is deterministic uh, eternally speaking, but yeah, I think that it's kind of, I don't know, because, because physics would suggest that, that maybe that's not right, that maybe everything we know about causality could be wrong because time is a central component in causality. But I'll concede with you that it does seem like, uh, one moment is determined by the previous moment and what happened to that. Okay. Then, um, I, I want to ask then, because, you know, um, I just want to understand what do you claim to know? If you if you don't uh, claim to know causality, you don't claim to know whether uh, uh, the the universe had infinite regress or it started from something. Uh, what what uh, what is your um, uh, claims for knowledge or what do you believe in? Probably most of the things that you believe in, uh, other than conviction about God. Um, it seems to me, uh, just briefly, my worldview I'll describe here, it seems to me that our universe is unfathomably old and that life has been here evolving on this earth for a very long time, and that we've now become conscious to the point where we've discovered things like physical laws and biological laws. And it seems to me that this experience is very counterintuitive. I think that evolution uh, evolved us along in such a way that we don't really see the true heart of reality. There are very bizarre elements to this reality, such as quantum physics. Uh, science has shown us that things are very counterintuitive and that it's not always a good bet to trust your own internal sense, your own internal intuitive sense. Uh, so I would say that I believe probably most of the things that you do um, but I, I also think that it's important for fairness and transparency and truth on my position to say that I just don't know in many, many scenarios. Okay. 
So and but and I would also uh, say that do you believe in the scientific method? At least, I think that the scientific method is a valid one. Okay, but it, if if it's how how do you define valid though? Like valid that it helps us arrive at the truth. Uh, how? Right. What? Yeah, I would say repeated. I would say probably a repeated kind of consistency. It's showing uh, reliable results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you, for example, uh, believe or agree or concede that science shows reliable results, then you would have to presume that the that the law of causality also is in, in part of the scientific method because essentially in, you know when we understand uh, see things empirically or sense them we we have sort of an appearance of correlation in things but in in terms of how the scientific method understands that it would always presume that one thing causes the other right yes so yeah i can see that causality appears to be valid Okay, so but do you use it as an axiom in your worldview? I probably generally do, uh, intuitively speaking. But I would I would concede that perhaps if we were to really have a complete understanding of the universe, that maybe we would see it much different. But for the purposes of this discussion, I'll concede that causality uh, is is a good and proper understanding. Okay. So, but but in terms of well, let me you, ask you this: When mm-hmm. it comes to causality, let's define causality here. Mm-hmm. When we talk about causality, are we talking uh, in a kind of deterministic sense that uh, everything that we know was predetermined billions of years ago, or are we only talking about it in a kind of limited sense, as far as what we can understand here in in the now, as far as the physical operations involved from moment to moment. Well, I, I would define causality as that simply that A directly causes B, you know, that. And in terms of predeterminism, I, I think that only applies in theology. So I, I guess that um, we, that, yes, we could say that in terms of causality, the, everything could be determined. I would agree with that. That would be my definition. So let me ask you it, uh, j- just to be clear, would you agree that this conversation that we're having now was was determined at the very instant of space and time? Well, um, I am also uh, someone who believes in libertarian free will. And so I, 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 you probably understand what, what, it, what it is, right? And so um, when I say that uh, I will also... Um, s- believe in libertarian free will it's also part of my coherent worldview so i would have logical arguments for that in, especially in terms of of deduction and induction and so i i would also agree that in the materialistic sense everything is determined but the i i can in a because i am a dualist i also agree that um uh the 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 external world from the material world coincides with how we are determined. So you would you would believe something along the lines of that materialistically speaking causality rules but perhaps not so much with consciousness. No. No. 
consciousness is different consciousness is physical it is within the realms of the, the physical world but when i discuss something that is dualistic that which means that there is an uh something outside of the material world then that is where uh free will exists or i would even say the human soul exists so it does human soul is different from consciousness Okay, let's let's uh, proceed here. I'll I concede that uh, causality appears to be valid. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it, but in that sense, then you, we could also follow it to that to the uh, with the Kalam cosmological argument, and so um, within this uh, uh, within this finite uh, thing uh, experience or time and space that we have. There must be a first cause, and so in a, in a, only in a coherent worldview, could we uh, will we arrive in in first cause? Therefore, first cause is God. Okay, is that okay with you? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure that that's right, but I would respond to that by asking who caused the first cause. Well, who caused the first cause? Then uh, I I would say that there would be a necessary being that would be the first cause himself. That would be why God. can't that simply be the universe itself? Well, the, there's the, there's a difference between a personal God and an, an 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 impersonal God that a lot of people believe in. And so when we when we talk about a personal God, there would also be well, which is part of my worldview, what we call intentionality in the world. You know, so for uh, I would this would also fit with my argument for uh, for improbability of the universe. For example, um, you know, you have probably Let's heard. Let's not stray too far away from this because I, I, I'm, I'm curious here. If there's an uncaused cause, why can't, why cannot that be the universe itself? Yeah, because we can experience, as I said before, we can ex see that there is intentionality in how the universe is designed. For example, as I said before, and uh, stated in the argument of improbability, that the balance of how the universe itself with, um, in terms of physics, you know, even just a slight change in how the physical uh, universe is, we would never be able, we would never exist right now. And there would not, nothing, of, of what we could call as of that would only be intentional like consciousness itself could exist yeah you know i think that it may be true of course i don't know because i think that it's it's important for me at least to recognize my own lack of capability when it comes to understanding these huge issues i think that our our intellect is just very, uh, very weak. Uh, I, I think that it's just impossible for us to really understand these issues. So perhaps there are many multitudes of universes out there. And in some of those universes, uh, the laws of physics operate in such a way where life is impossible. And in some of those, perhaps they operate in such a way that life is possible, like this one here. And perhaps there are some universes uh, that would have... Uh, physical laws that were worked in such a way that perhaps life like we have here couldn't exist, but perhaps it could exist in, in another form. So I, I'm not sure that I'm convinced by um, 
I, I don't think that I'm convinced by – I'm having a brain fart on the, on the philosophical argument that you're making. But th- this is another point where I would return to the fact that my own ignorance is potent. And I don't think that humans have the cognitive capabilities to determine uh, what would cause a universe to begin or if it uh, – or if a universe is eternal, Mm -hmm. or something like that. I think that's a mistake that religious people can make, that they believe that that they can know. It's not just religious people, it's also very classical philosophers. So we have atheists, agnostics, who argue for all these things. So it's not just religious people. And um, if you ask religious people, they would not dive into philosophy itself. Especially when you ask like a, a, a Christian, because to them, philosophy yeah. is, yeah. When it comes to the fine-tuning argued, argument, I think that that could very well be valid. Perhaps uh, there was a causal agent that put this system of being into place in such a way that, that we conscious agents could come into being. I think that maybe that's true. I think that all of the known gods are are absolutely false. But, for example, I talked with a... Uh, computer scientist recently named Bernardo Castro on my program, and he argues for a cosmic consciousness that that idealism rules and materialism is wrong, and that this whole system of things is some kind of eternal mind. And I'm somewhat sympathetic to that argument. I think that that I guess that's possible. I think that consciousness is such a fascinating and complex reality that that maybe there is something like that going on that's extraordinary and we just don't really perceive it um but yeah the fine-tuning argument i think we just don't know enough about universes or how they happen to concede that uh, that's a perfect argument so so i concede that that maybe that is right but i think that maybe it's maybe it's wrong okay so what i'm seeing though is that um you're not actually presenting a coherent worldview, but uh, simply saying that you just can't know because uh, that's that's a coherent worldview, and it's an honest one because I recognize my limitations as a human. I realize that I don't have the cognitive power to understand how something like a universe comes into being. So it seems to me that the only honest position is to say that I don't know how that could happen. Uh, that we don't have a scientific understanding that leads us to know how that happens. So I'm agnostic on God. I'm agnostic on the fine-tuning argument. I'm agnostic on a causal agent overall. I think that maybe there is one. Maybe there's not. But if we, when we get into the specifics of the religions that humans have, perhaps my argument will seem a little bit more clear. Okay. So in this case then, because you, you uh, claim to be agnostic when – when when being presented a rational argument or because they're you just we just can't know and also especially philosophical ones or at least actions like the law of causality or which we we always presume or that there is a, should be a necessary being or fine tuning on whatnot then in it, uh, could, can I ask if you would also be willing to have that kind of agnosticism when it comes to to for example, uh, trying to understand biblical matters. Uh, I have had that uh, that kind of agnosticism. You know, I love. You, it might seem kind of counterintuitive that me as an atheist, 
enjoy biblical history, uh, but I actually do enjoy biblical history. I've I reviewed a lot of books. I've read four so far this year. I read one called A History of the Bible, the story of the world's most influential book by a priest. He's a Catholic priest named John Barton, really smart guy, and it was a great book. You know, it's 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 interesting history is to me, and perhaps that's why I'm somewhat fascinated fascinated with biblical history, what our ancestors believed and why they believed those things are quite interesting. Uh, so I, I, I'm not exactly sure what you mean, having agnosticism when it comes to interpreting the Bible. Yeah, well, uh, but what, I think- what I'm saying is that um, when you, for example, uh, uh, I have my rational argument for, let's say, uh, a necessary being, which is God, due to this rational, coherent argument, and you would say, "Oh, because um, we we don't we can never know because of our our limited ca- capabilities as human beings who are that is evolved." You know, so in this case, then I would concede that I just don't know, right? So, would you be able to have that sort of agnosticism agnosticism when it comes to uh, talking about biblical matters as well? Well, I think the Bible is a much easier thing to understand than the universe itself. Uh, and I'm not sure how you got a rational argument uh, for God's existence in the Holy Bible of all places. I'm interested in hearing it, but uh, I would not have the same kind of agnosticism concerning uh, biblical scripture and other scriptures historically uh, as I would be something like the universe itself, which seems far more mysterious to me. Okay, then um, it, it seems uh, sort of inconsistent then, I guess, because um, if, if let's say that if I presented to you a rational argument for God and you would say it's plausible, but if I also say, uh, present a, a rational argument for why the Bible could be, and you would say, uh, and, but you would uh, argue from it differently rather than how you would argue from the other thing, it would seem very inconsistent. And you claim you have... Uh, uh, an honesty when it comes to your worldview, and and I I, I I I agree with that. I respect that when someone says that they just don't know. I myself say I I just don't know. I, that's why I say I'm an agnostic theist. But I I am agnostic when it comes to absolute knowledge of things. But I am theistic when it comes to how I understand uh, the coherence of things through my own. Uh, following of logic so when i follow things to their logical conclusions through philosophy rationalism and especially when i indulge in epistemology and uh, simply uh, when you always say in in intuitively and i i i i, I that's awesome you know like uh, i don't get to hear an atheist uh, uh use intuition very much very often Yeah, well, when it comes to uh, what I perceive to be an honest worldview, when I say that I concede that something like the fine-tuning argument could in principle be correct, uh, but I don't know because I just am not capable of Mm -hmm. understanding, Mm -hmm. that scenario is something that's different than the Holy Bible because I think that we have a very good working understanding of history and what our ancestors believed and why they believed it, cognitively speaking, uh, philosophically speaking, religiously speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that I could have a more absolute kind of knowledge when it comes to something that's been highly studied like that and and something that seems to be easier to understand than something like uh, 
cosmology or the beginning of the universe or even the fine tuning argument. That's a much more complex and harder understand, uh, harder thing to understand, it seems to me, uh, than uh, the Bible, for example. Okay. But the thing is that um, there's no actually no difference with try, trying to understand cosmology with history itself. For example, when we when we talk about um, evolution, for example, it, it is primarily just a theory because it's not that we haven't proven it in, it, let's say, that there's no microevolution happening, but that we just don't know what specific things happened in, in a certain order. We just have inductive arguments as to how they may have uh, come from from certain evidences that we have. And so when when you use the scientific method with induction, but you refuse to follow induction when it comes to cosmology itself, that's that's a huge problem, especially. So for example, let's say if I were a scientist, you know, and I would argue for for belief for uh, having a an a a universe that existed for 14.2 billion years i think that's right and so uh, and when have when 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 having this uh conclusion it's from the uh the using induction itself but then when you when you also follow induction to its uh extended and simply following it more and more but you refuse to say you don't know but that's 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 the huge problem there yeah right well i i disagree on that uh and i do use my induction when it comes to the bible and my induction's telling me that the bible can't possibly represent literal history uh, just for an example here uh intuition is a good one the bible is intuitively off it seems to me we can judge from our own experiences that what is depicted in the bible isn't true for example in Second Kings, there's a man with a bald head traveling from one city to the next, and a group of young boys tease him about his bald head. And that particular man that was uh, with the bald head happened to be a prophet of God, and he cursed Elijah. the children in the name of God. And God sent two big bears out of the woods to maul those children. Now, just intuitively, it seems like that's not how the universe works, that you can't command those kinds of things in the name of God and expect a result. And it seems counterintuitive that a moral God, an infinite mind, would do something like that. So just intuitively speaking, it seems absurd. And uh, that's why I had trouble believing when I wanted Christianity to be true because of stories like that in the Bible. Am I to take that as literal history? Or could it just be a story? Okay, but then I would say that we're all just um, evolved apes, and we'd, we would have because we would ne not have the cognitive ability to understand the mind of God, and so we would have to sh say, "Just I don't know," right? Especially that—that's how you use your your that kind of argument in, in the other uh, previous arguments I presented. So you would say that it would be qualified. I think the potential mind of a causal agent is beyond our grasp if it yeah, is there. But, but yeah, uh, but um, but uh, because because uh, we are just evolved apes and our cognitive abilities 
limited, right? And so when it comes to understanding the mind of God and what was His purpose for 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 implementing that kind of punishment in the in the biblical law, um, uh, story, then we would we would just say we don't know, right? No, I would say that I do know how reality works, and it doesn't work like that. But how how do you know how reality works? Through my own experiences and the experiences of others. For example, there aren't there isn't any data. We've never produced any data to show that the supernatural is a real thing. Um, so we, we, we do the best we can with the cognitive abilities that we have, and we've really come to be quite cognitively potent uh, in comparison to our ancestors. For example, we know about galactic clusters and black holes. So if, if we can intuit something like a black hole, like Einstein did using mathematics, I think we can make pretty good sense of the Bible and what's truth in the Bible uh, and what's certainly not true in the Bible. For example, uh, animals without vocal cords that can speak. Okay, um, but the, the thing is that... Um, you see, I think that we can. Are you familiar with... I think that we're cognitively potent enough that we can actually... We can actually understand some things. When it comes to the scale of the cosmos, perhaps we're not as cognitively capable. But I think that when it comes to the neuroscience of belief and history and things like that, although there are many things that we don't understand, there are a lot of things that we do, and there are a lot of things that we can be quite certain about. Go ahead with your question. Are you familiar with the principle of actuality? I might be. Go ahead Again, and, and uh, The principle describe. of actuality is that um, uh, it's, a, it's an action which all of us hold by which, like, uh, let's say I have a, I have a, a, a mug, and um, the net, I, and I, I will, I, pres I, I, it's a presumption for me that the next second of exist, of this mug's existence, it will stay as a mug, right? In terms of sure. philosoph philosophical skepticism, the principle of actuality is that is is a is a presumption that we have of how the universe works. But the thing is that there is no uh, we have no just proper or absolute justification as to why things remain actual. It's just a principle or a presumption that we have, especially because we uh, that's how we intuitively observed how, observed how the universe works. Now, for example, let's say if there was a supernatural being out there and he, and because you say it is plausible, especially fine tuning and the law of causality, you know, if there was a supernatural being out there, then then the, he he could sim in terms of how we we I would agree with you that we have a, a deep understanding of how neuroscience works and history and so when it comes to how we uh, how we believe things that to be to be uh, the, the the this supernatural being is able to to uh, what would you say. Um, bypass the principle of actuality and so th there th that's why we, we call miracles miracles because we agree that it they they break the principle of, of actuality but we have reason to believe that it comes from a supernatural being and so when we talk about biblical matters uh we have to look at it at, at the proper hermeneutics that it deserves you know it the bible is not a science book so every story in itself 
people know uh, the uh, the writers know that something that he wrote was weird and something something that he wrote was was not normal that's why it was written there especially when it comes to miracles and so if you if you uh believe if you uh, would uh criticize miracles or supernatural things then you would have to presume the principle of actuality and so so in this case though uh, we simply cannot because as you said before there we have plausible uh, reason to believe that there might be a god out there i think we have plausible reason to believe that it's possible that there is a causal agent due to our limited understanding. Uh, But I do think that we have every reason to believe um, that the gods that are worshipped by humans uh, don't exist. And uh, for example, I don't believe that miracles occur. I think that maybe, maybe it's possible that, that from time to time there's something that's just maybe a physical law that we haven't detected yet that could cause something to happen that seems impossible. We know that things like this can happen in quantum quantum physics where it's so counterintuitive, it seems like it just couldn't happen that way, but we know that it happens that way because we've recorded it happening that way uh, many times. But I'm not sure exactly what this has to do with the claims in the Bible. Well, uh, as I said before, that when we talk about a personal God, you know, he has intention and he has purpose. But because of our limited capabilities, we will never really know what what the reason is, right? Especially when it comes to why he created the universe itself. I think that um, when it comes to talking about biblical matters, uh, it's it's more uh, humbling when we even when we think about why we are here, you know, and. And so, um, uh, I, 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 I myself have had all these doubts about the, about the Bible. You know, I read the story of Balaam. I read the story of, of, of David, of Solomon. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you know, when you read the book of Kings, you know, it's, it's much better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, especially Genesis. And, but the thing is that... Um, when we when we try to understand or read these uh, sort of these uh, the, the these books, we have to always. I get your point, but I'm quite a fan of uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin. I'll be going into the second book here probably yeah. later this year. <laughs> but go ahead, I, I do get your point. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, I yeah, and so I myself, I'm not, I'm not a theologian, you know, but I, I talk, I talk to uh, theologians. I have um, apologetics uh, friends, but uh, I guess that w- uh, in terms of how I understand the miracles or the the really, really weird stories in the Bible, it, I would have to first uh, settle with why uh, of the, the why we actually exist here. You know why, uh, why, why there is life? Why we have consciousness? All these impossible things, and that that are mathematically improbable. But the reason is that we have there is a, a personal God that had an objective purpose as to why He created us. I think that's a question we must answer first. Well, I don't think that we must answer it because I don't think that we can answer it right now. Uh, when it comes to say the improbability of life. Uh, 
From our current understanding, it does seem that it would be very improbable, perhaps impossible for uh, life just to come together. But perhaps there's a physical law involved with the formation of life that we haven't detected. And perhaps life is quite common here in the universe. It wouldn't surprise me that if we had a better understanding that maybe there's life, maybe this entire universe is about life. So maybe, maybe... That's the way that it is. I, I'm just not sure that we can answer that question, why we're here. Mm-hmm. I think we just have to do the best we can with the how things work kind mm-hmm. of question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I, I love it when you said, when you use the term uh, absurd about when it comes to the biblical stories because they do yeah. seem absurd, you know. And, but the thing is yes. that yeah, when I also uh, because like in my opinion and I mean my understanding absurdity is very subjective and so when you, for example when you yourself talk about like there could be a, a, a possible physical law that um, that that for that uh, forms human life in its own uh, in its own will, or that life could ha- be everywhere else in the universe and in, in the infinite universe, that would seem absurd to me, you know? So in this case, then absurdity doesn't really count as an argument because it's very, very subjective. Well, I'm not sure that it is. For example, what I'm saying is that that we don't know everything about how the universe works. In fact, we probably know very little. Of course, we know a lot more than we knew 500 years ago or 2,000 years ago, but... If there were a physical law that we haven't detected yet, if we were to to detect one, that wouldn't surprise me. It seems plausible and probable, if not absolute, that there are things that we have still to discover about the universe. In fact, we know that we do when it comes to how gravity works because we have some real problems with our contradicting theories, uh, Mm -hmm. quantum mechanics and Mm -hmm. relativity. But it seems to me just evolution is a process happening here on Earth. And maybe there's no force involved in that, no guiding principle. Uh, seems most scientists think that there isn't one, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were a physical law involved with that because uh, it would give some kind of explanation. Uh, and, and maybe the scientists are right. I don't know. Maybe there is no real guiding force for life. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there was, but I forget where I was going with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking evolution again. So uh, <laughs> I think that that the question that you're trying to answer, why are we here? Why did the universe come into being if it's not eternal? Those are great questions. They're some of the best questions that you can ask. But I think that you're convinced that a human can come to an actual answer for those things that are that's well, objectively true, and I think that it's just not possible for us. Well, in, when it comes to an uh, an actual answer, uh, this is how I understand it. You know, you I agree with you that the universe is infinite, and we will never ever understand the reality because I'm not an absolutist. But but the thing is that we have science. You know, we have logic. We observe that. There could be, uh, in the correlation of things, there could be a causality, you know. And so what I do is that um, in, in using philosophy, I, because philosophy is also a method similar to science. And so with using philosophy, I'm, I, I use what I, I, I might think I know and I, what, I'm, what, I, I'm, what seems to me intuitively to be reality, which works in a system 
that which appears to work in a system and work together and it consistently throughout the years especially and so that's how science uh, brought us uh, electricity and all the technology that we have this universe seems yeah. to be very very consistent and obeys such laws and so in, in using this then we we know that there when there is the the a law there is in fact a law of non-contradiction that for example if i have a mouse in my uh, computer it cannot be a mouse and not a mouse at the same time by by the law of identity and by the law of non-contradiction and so we logic you know that in uh, logic as a tool i am able to deductively and uh, inductively have a coherent under understanding and uh, i also as an agnostic i also have some sort of 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 uh, let's say an either or thing which is that it's either god exists or god doesn't exist so which is more plausible to me I agree with you that everything is plausible, you know, and I do not uh, discount all the possible con uh, counter arguments to things, especially uh, the value of human life and free will. You know, there are lots of good arguments by uh, philosophers I deeply respect and have changed my life. So when it comes to when we talk about how we could understand the universe, I, I always say that Uh, bro, I'm an agnostic theist, and so I mm. do not claim to have absolute knowledge of God. But what I do have is a logical and coherent understanding of which is my own personal worldview. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you would have what what you think is a logical uh, yeah, understanding, yeah, as, true. as most of us do true. here. But <clears throat> true. some of us are 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 having to be wrong here. But let, let's talk about evolution for a minute because. You talked about the fact that it's only a theory. One good evidence for evolution, if you go out to the Grand Canyon Well, here I, I in don't America, disagree with evolution. I, I, I definitely uh, think that, especially, for example, William Lane Craig, uh, he, uh, a very good, uh, respected philosopher, I, and he also believes in, in an old earth and billions of years okay. of creation. So let me ask you this then, because I want to know how you rectify this. It, mm -hmm. it appears everything we know about biology and medicine describes our species coming into existence as it is now over a long period of time. But the Bible seems to tell us that some several thousand years ago or six or seven thousand years ago, mankind was created by God in his current form. And those kind of contradict there. They absolutely contradict the evolutionary idea, and the literal interpretation in the Bible of how man came into being. So how do you rectify those two accounts? Well, in terms of how my, my uh, William Lane Craig would uh, say that, um, um, we, we, uh, mankind was created, but in the process of evolution. So that's how I rectify it. Well, here, here's the problem with that, that the Bible, you see, the Bible has genealogies within it. Uh, this person begat that person, and then that person begat that person. And we can actually trace the entire human history back, according to the well, Bible, I, I disagree. to the very first man. I disagree with the gene genealogy, because it's simply that um, when, when wh whoever is mentioned in the genealogy, it's simply that 
whoever has some sort of of like fame in the family in the family you know if if, if you're famous or like known for something then you will be mentioned like Enoch Methuselah and other other guys like so in, in that sense that's how I see that there are huge huge uh probably probable gaps in generation there Well, it seems to say this, and, and, I, I, and I just want to make this point before I ask you another question. We can literally go from Adam to his literal child to that person's literal child. Yeah, I'm child, familiar with that. With all like, the way down to until Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying that, that literally, written literally, that it would actually be incorrect and that there's some, some big gaps in there not reported well, it's by not the that, Bible. It's, that not, right? it's not that it's incorrect, but that they only mention who's the ones who that, that is necessary to mention. That's all that there is. That, that's not how the language works, though, in those genealogies. It says that this person literally had this offspring that was named this person. Uh, and we don't have to get hung up uh, with that. But uh, if you were to read it literally, you could, you, and, and maybe you think this is wrong, but uh, the vast majority of theologians who have read it literally have projected this kind of time scale involved. And I think that that's what the people who wrote the Bible were going for, that they wanted to trace the genealogy from Jesus back to Adam. Uh, if, if we can't read the Bible literally, well, first let me ask you this. Do you read it as a literal, literal account where every word of it is correct and right and justified? Well, in, in terms of infallibility and inerrancy, I would say that the Bible is both uh, man-made and divinely inspired. So, for example, when when you talk about um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know these are simple biblical accounts of Jesus's life. But the thing is that it has a lot of contradictions, you know. So, for example, yeah, um, sure. the the crow uh, did, did the did the crow uh, did the rooster crow uh, before, during, or after P uh, Peter was denying Jesus? Yeah. And so these are things that um I, that that I also recognize that the the that the Bible is man made. You know, so mm -hmm. it, when it comes to, for example, Genesis or the Pentateuch, you know, the, these are part of Jewish culture. And and I would agree that um, in, in a way, that's how we and we should be careful in our hermeneutics and, and understand the Bible for what it is. And it's 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 a beautiful book that has one huge and grand theme, which focuses on Jesus Christ. Well, the New Testament has that that one grand and grand central theme. Well, you can see uh, we so can let, argue let that in the Old Testament too. Yeah, you could try to make that argument. Uh, I think there's a great argument against that. But um, if the Bible is a man-made product that was inspired by God, and some things in it are literally incorrect, of course, some they have to be when there are contradictions in play. For example, how did Judas Iscariot die? There are two different stories about him dying, yeah. and they both cannot be correct. If that's the case, 
But there's still some value there. How do you go about determining what is correct and literal and what is incorrect? Okay, so as I said before, that we have to look at the hermeneutics. You know, we it's, we have to really be careful in how we know. So it's simply that um, the the for example, uh, John, for instance, it's just a biblical. It's just a biblical account of what someone or what witnesses have uh, seen in Jesus's life. And so in that sense, we we can get a sort of uh, a secondary understanding of uh, or source from what happened in Jesus's life. Yeah. When it comes to uh, the New Testament, are you of the idea that the those are literal uh, eyewitness testimonies. Yes, they, they, they were uh, people who were witnesses and that they were interviewed, for example, by Luke and, uh, and uh, writers. How do you know that? Yeah, well, um, we have then we, we have to also uh, uh, look at how uh, biblical canon was uh, was uh, determined by the church fathers before. So it, it was a uh, a hundred centuries process of deciding, and so I would I would ha- have have uh, I, I would presume that that is that these uh, church fathers took this th- these studies so seriously that um, it, it, they would even. Um, uh, call each other heretics if if one were and actually uh, presumed to go to war in simple differences in these. So when when it comes to these matters, I I I, I know for certain that they took it seriously. And you know, um, I I am not not a theologian, and I I haven't gone into a really really deep or scientific study of of the Bible, and so. When it comes to this, I I I it, I have a sort of knowledge that the the Bible uh, is what it is because of the history. The problem with hermeneutics is that many very passionate and well-meaning priests. And scholars for many, many hundreds of years have come now interpret the Bible differently. Many of those have well-meaning people that are full of scholarship on mm-hmm. the issue. So how do you make sense of that? And, and how do you know which uh, hermeneutics uh, to trust? I agree. And so the, the hermeneutics is very interesting because it it's not uh, something that is biased, but it's just a process like... Uh, like uh, a way we could determine, or a, a sort of a science, I guess, of w- a ways to determine what the Bible could mean or it does mean. And so, what what's what's interesting is that um, there are what we call things, what we call the ecumenical creeds, and then there are there are creeds that are secondary, or doctrines that are secondary, and tertiary. So the the funny thing is that um, when it comes to the the three biggest uh, categories uh, or or subcategories of Christianity, like for example, um, uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church, 
the Roman Catholic Church and Protestants, they have uh, different, uh, as you said, convictions. They have different beliefs, you know. But they always arrive at the at the these economical creeds, and all, even though they have huge differences in secondary and tertiary ones, they all agree in this uh, the Nicene Creed and. And and that they apply hermeneutics with different biases uh, and whatnot, but they arrived at the same conclusion. And this is what's uh, what's awesome about the Bible is that um, you can see uh, different sources agreeing at the same thing. You know, and uh, and to that, to and 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 it's it's a sort of sort of like uh, as valid as science as well, like. Um, for example, how we got the periodic table, you know, that someone from Russia and someone from Europe got the same thing because they were simply following a science. And so what, what in the, and how I, uh, and how it, they arrived at these similar creeds, I would say that, um, it, it's, it's very valid what their arguments for it. The problem I see with that is that there is one periodic table that's been agreed upon by everyone that practices yeah, science. I agree. But though there are thousands and thousands and thousands of different interpretations when it comes to the hermeneutics and the study of the Old Testament, for example. Well, so well, so I don't think that you, you can equate those things. And a lot of them, although some things are generally agreed upon, there are other people that don't agree with those things. It's a real big mess the way I see it. So, so um, elaborate a little bit further on, on, on how you can trust the Bible, mm -hmm. how you yeah. determine what is trustworthy and, and what is not. Yeah. And so I would, uh, again, go back to hermeneutics because um, the tertiary doctrines are simply ignorable. You know, the, they don't really matter. And also the secondary ones. But what matters is then is the, the ecumenical creeds that, that, that majority of Christians. Well, I wouldn't say about the cults. Um, I would say that they because they add other sources, like for example the Mormons, or that they also recognize the uh, um, uh, other uh, leaders and add that their the the theology of recent the, uh, leaders to that to their to the Bible. Then they would arrive at different conclusions. But the thing is that um, those who simply study the Bible itself. They that those are the ones who arrive hermeneutically at the the uh, at these most important uh, doctrines. Oh, I would disagree with with that. I think that maybe generally speaking, you can say that there's a consensus on some ideas. Uh, let me ask you this: for example, the Book of John. Now we don't know who wrote John because John was an unsigned document. We put the name John on there a couple of hundred years after uh, we started investigating the issue. And uh, Jesus would have very likely been an Aramaic-speaking person, and the large majority of his followers would have likely been illiterate. The book of John, for example, is written in Greek decades to over 100 years after the proposed time that Jesus would have lived in a different language a long way away from the area where Jesus would have been. So it seems to me a real stretch to say that uh, that was an eyewitness account or someone being interviewed that was an eyewitness when they were writing in a different language in a different time period in a different area of the world. So how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you get conviction about uh, the trustworthiness of the new Testament when there are those kinds of issues at play? 
Okay, so uh, for example, to be specific about John, you know, um, uh, when it comes to the apostles, they uh, the Bible claims that they have had miracles, like for example, speaking in tongues, being a so that God has given them the the ability to speak in other languages, and um, I would say that that could be a reasonable uh, uh, conclusion as to why he was able to write in in our Greek. Oh, I think that that's slightly silly. And I would say that I would just recommend to in investigating that issue further to get a better argument okay. Okay. Uh, for it in the future. You certainly can't. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that there. But um, yeah, go ahead. There was another topic I wanted to ask you about, but I forgot what I was at. Yeah, so but, I'll, um, I'll leave you it know, up bro, to you. Um, it's been like uh, almost an hour now and um, yeah. I, we've gone over sure. time, but I want to. Uh, I want you to have a, the closing statement here, and I, I want to ask you the question: um, Being an agnostic, you know, and you recognize the plausibility of God itself, and that we have certain presumptions in science. Um, how would you build a, a sort of knowledge of the world? How do you have a develop a current coherent worldview of your own? I think that it is plausible that there could be a causal agent, though I think that all of the, I think the plausibility involved with all of the known religions here on our earth are basically zero. Uh, as far as trying to make sense of the world without God, for example, with morality, a lot of religious people would say that morality is a human uh, given gift from God, basically. And I would argue that that's wrong based on our study of neuroscience in apes, for example, uh, bonobos have this sense of this deep conviction of fairness within their communities in some cases. Uh, so I don't think that it's a human thing. I think that when it comes to morality, I'll make one point here that if morality were a, a gift from God, a kind of software running on our brains, like many religious people would claim, I think it would make sense that we would all agree on the moral issues. We would all have the same moral framework. Uh, the fact that we can disagree on something like abortion, for example, tells me that morality is subjective rather than objective. I think if morality were a God-given uh, program in our minds that we would all come to the same moral conclusions. But I, I sympathize with people that are anxious about believing in God. I was there once myself, but I think that if you take an honest look at history and what we know about it and science and philosophy, and if you take a good look at nature and your own experience, that you'll come to the conclusion that we just don't know what's going on with the yeah. universe. Awesome. So, uh, uh, John, thank you so much for being on my podcast, and I hope that um, we could have uh, more yeah. videos to come. Bye, man. So, that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr., and thank you for listening in, and please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank